0: My heart is pumping with joy. You know why? Because the King of Heaven is speaking. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What Satan and demons do not have opportunity to have... Is what we have, the voice of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Spirit of God does not dwell in anything that God has created, but man who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Is that not interesting? When you come to Jesus Christ and you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, you do it in an exchange of something. And the exchange is that God gives you His Spirit. Jesus took your burden, and He gives you His burden. Jesus takes your yoke and breaks it, and He gives you His yoke hallelujah somebody yes. and so the bible says if a man is therefore is in christ jesus is what new shall we read that together if a man therefore christ. yes is a new yes. old things are all things are become all this is from who God. you know the lord spoke to me in this very month there will be sadness in a camp. And it's in the camp of the enemy. There will be sadness in a camp. It is the camp of Satan. The military of God on earth will receive breath of the Holy Spirit across the globe. And they will begin to exalt him who lives forever and ever. The communication line between man and God will open up. And many of you will encounter God in this month. Satan will will mourn, but in the camp of Gushin there will be celebration. I say, the world may mourn in chaos, but in the heart of the church of God, to those who belong to the Lord, there will be celebration. Because your victory will look very cheap. Do you know why? Somebody had gone ahead of us into February. He had fought the battle for us. He had won the victory. We are only coming in to pick the victory as we go along. So we look as if you didn't do anything at all. Heaven has spoken. The heart must respond. But you must have the true knowledge of God and of who you are. And this has been the heart of God for us for a few few weeks now, a few days now. That is your new identity in Christ. I promised you last Sunday that I will continue on this, in these three days. Let me t- reflect your mind back, very briefly. We started from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. You must know that scripture in your mind. When you are sleeping, you should be able to read that scripture in your dream. Am I talking to you? You know, the first, one of the first main scriptures that a young Christian should remember is this. Of course we know that you know Romans chapter 3 verse 23, what did you say? All, all have and that's your first lecture in Believe Your Believers' class." Yes. And then the second one is what? Six 23. What did you say? The wages? I will type these scriptures for you that you must memorize the first one in Romans 3 tells you that we are all sinners we are born sinners and if God was to just judge us as much as when we are born we should go to hell but am I saying that the newborn babies that die go to hell no not, I'm not talking about that because God is very very pure in his jurisprudence you understand I far that I would not want to go away from this this I'm teaching you, I will talk about some things tomorrow and next tomorrow that will really open you up in that realm. But this is it. We were born in sin. David said in sin did our mother conceived us. These sins are inherited sin that we got from the fact that we were born by man who has fallen. Alright. And the consequence of that is that when we were born before we were saved we fall short of God's glory you have it on there we fall short of God's glory why chapter 6 of Romans 23 just take 23 carry it over and chapter multiply 3 by 2 you get 6. it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through somebody who is that person come on say it loud whenever you mention that name you know i don't know i can't tell you how i feel in my spot in my stomach <laughs> when you mention the name jesus i feel so pumped up yeah <laughs> so he says the reason why we die physically is because of the wages is the wages of our sin in other words because of adamic sin we had a sanction And the sanction is that man will die. It says from the earth you came, you go back to the dust. But that is not the ultimate intention of God. God's intention is to create a human being on earth who will be his sons and who will represent him on earth. And that intention has not changed, neither will he change for eternity. You know when we rapture? Then the Bible tells us that Jesus will blow a bread from his nursery and the whole element will vanish. I love to explain that by chemistry. Because element is indestructible by science, but is waiting for the one who created it to destroy it. That is the validity of the scriptures. So therefore, and when Jesus destroyed the whole Elements burnt off, then it will create a new heaven and a new earth. Guess what? We are not going to live in heaven, we are going to live on this earth. Not this very one, but a new one. The Bible calls the new are the abode of the righteous. And it's talking about those who have been made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And then it shall come to pass, the word is the King of kings, so there will be kings in that new world. And the Lord of lords, there will be lords in that new world. I mean, we're not talking about that today, but I'm talking about who you are in Christ Jesus. And so that scripture tells us, we die because we're born in sin. But that is not the end of us. There is a hope. Because the hope is revealed in, but the gift of God is eternal life, but through Christ Jesus. I think it's um, the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12 maybe. Let me look at this. It just came to my mind now. The gift of God is through Christ Jesus. Yes. Shall we read that? That gift of God, who is Christ Jesus, shall we read this scripture together? Salvation is found. Yes. So that is the gift of God. The gift of God is the only gift God gave to man is Jesus. Salvation cannot come through any idol, through any God, through any religion. It does not matter what name they call them. They cannot save themselves. Those people who founded those religions could not save themselves because they also have to stand before Jesus Christ one day and give account of their human life. And so, but God gave a gift and the gift is Jesus. And so I Bible say salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by by which what? you must be saved. No wonder the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. What is that name? Jesus. Say it loud. Jesus. I love it. Jesus. That's the name? Let me give you two more evidences in the scriptures and we'll move away from there. Maybe there's somebody who is listening to me and you have been confused about... Where can you find salvation? And that's why I think Holy Spirit is speaking about this. You have clarity now, you know, where you can find salvation. If you look at John 3.16, what did He say? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish you can redeem yourself from peril to come which is hell by accepting jesus as your lord and savior and you can be totally free indeed from everything 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 today i i will talk you more about that freedom let us see the jurisdiction of the freedom that you get In Christ. And the Bible says here, God loved the world. He gave His Son to everybody. But only those who believe in Him will be free. Not only that, they will have life eternal. They will never die. They will never die. That is the second death we are talking about. Though they die physical death, the Bible says, when the angel will blow the trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are still alive will be transformed. And we shall be with the Lord. Now let's go further to see the evidence of the fact that now that you have received the the Lord Jesus. Who are you by the way? That is where 2 Corinthians 5.17 kicks in. It says, therefore, if a man be in Christ Jesus, he is what? A species that had never existed, but salvation brought him forth. Hallelujah. And what we have been exploring is the word a new creature or a new creation. If we look, therefore, in that verse, chapter 17, I went to with you, uh, chapter 5, verse 17. And, I, I mean, I, I believe that by now, every one of you who listen to me, whether on social media or in the house, recognize that I, I speak only what is written. Amen (laughs) You will soon gather to understand That Satan cannot be bound by your opinion It can not be bound by your feeling You may be sincere in your opinion But the devil knows when you are sincerely wrong Am I speaking with you? Yeah. So if you rely on opinion or somebody's a theological opinion and stuff, we, we should know those things because of, um, we have to just know what people think <laughs> about our God. But let me say this to you. When the devil tempted Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ never quoted philosophers, but he quoted the word. It is written. Hallelujah, somebody. So, I give you the word as it is written, and that is the only thing that can deliver or, or save. I we together now. It can dismember a man from demons and bring forth healing when you are listening to the word that is written by God. Because the word of God is God himself. That's why Jesus says that the word I speak as spirit. This scripture tells you and I, when you genuinely accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, you become a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And I love verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You can see how the Bible is validating itself. The gift of God is Christ. And this scripture, Paul... Was saying here also that <clears throat> all the mystery of our salvation is from God Himself. Satan does not understand it, and no theologian understands it. But God Himself, except those that God reveals it to by His Holy Spirit, the gift of God. And He says, All it is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says that God was reconciling the whole world to himself in Christ only, not counting men's sins against us. Now, that is the very word that we want to express throughout this week. If this scripture is true, which it is true, and if we follow this from intellectual reasoning, you will discover the validity of these statements from every scripture I quote. Okay? So you can recognize that the scripture is saying just the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. You are free, you are free. Why are you free? Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Not because someone conducted deliverance for you. Because of Jesus Christ. Are we talking about it? You understand what I'm saying? But it says also that because of the fact that God decided not to count your sins against you. Not counting men's sins against them. No wonder Jesus said, if the Son therefore make you free, you're free indeed. No wonder Jesus said that, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I don't expect after my father was a mystic, was a satanic person... Haven't I come from Satanism that I have all manners of devils and demons and, and problems and issues, mind like a mad person, talking to yourself where you are talking to demons who can't see it, laughing where nobody is laughing because you are laughing to some evil spirits. Haven't I been bothered by all those nonsense? Curse in the morning, curse in the day, curse in the night. If there is no curse, no one to curse me, I curse myself. How would, how, would, how would I come from such background that when a child is born on the seventh day they will bring every strong devil man to curse him because they believe that by doing that to the boy they protected the boy now how would I come with all these jars of the devil and I say "I found a Jesus Christ, and that Jesus cannot deal with the curse then that 's not the true Jesus. Because he says, come unto me, all ye that labored and are heavy learning. So I carry my load. I'm looking for someone that can handle it. <clears throat> someone told me about Jesus. And I went to Jesus. Where did Jesus promise? And he showed me. Come unto me, or you that labor are heavy laden. You will find rest for your soul. Now, if I have now come to the Jesus who gave the undertaking, which is impossible promise, the only duty for me is to accept him. And I accepted him. And I still carry the load. And somebody was still telling me that, that load you still have it. I need to pray for you for the load to leave you. I think, under common sense, I will ask him, show me in the Bible where it says that Jesus said that I will give you rest when the pastor prayed for you. You know what rules the kingdom of Satan? Fear. When you go to priests of Lucifer, what do they do? They are told by Satan and trained by Satan to tell you what they saw, which is the activities of the devil and demons in your life, and then put fear in you. But when you come to the ministers of God, of Jesus Christ, I think Jesus sent them to lighten your yoke. I think Jesus sent them to direct man to them. Not not to him, not to the minister, but a minister of God will direct a man to the Jesus Christ, who he represents, so that the Jesus will give that person rest. So where is all this nonsense we are in the church of God? I will show you. This scripture tells me about Jesus that like Jesus said, When you meet him, you find rest. So we we'll go further in that scripture, verse 20. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I think somebody needs to teach others, those who have already been there we need to teach others of course you know let me say something to you if anybody any minister acclaimed of god cannot teach you that is because he himself does not know the god is talking about are we together now come on now am i am i reasoning with you yes because this period is to reason with you and we must i must make sure you understand me. now i say that if anybody is a minister sent by jesus so that's a minister of God. His duty, like Paul, we have been reading Paul all this week, is just to show that person what the Father has said. You don't give prescription to people that Jesus did not give to them or the apostles did not give to them. We get together. However, if that person himself have no communication with Jesus, how could he tell you who Jesus is? The Bible says we are Christ's ambassadors. What is the distinction about Christ's ambassador? God make appeal through you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> How many of you are born again with your hands to me? Can you see ambassador? What's your name? Ambassador. 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 You are all ambassadors of God. On Sunday, I told you several scriptures eh, which are promises to those who are ambassadors. But you must not forget this. It says, an ambassador, therefore, must always be in communication with his base. Isn't it? Come on, somewhere, say amen. amen. And so what did he say in the, in the end of that scripture? We implore you on Christ's behalf, Be what? Be what? Christians need to know this hard. Don't reconcile to men's opinion. Don't reconcile to theology that has been taught by some people for ancient times, you know, time. Don't reconcile to opinions and views of people, of scholars. But be reconciled to your base, God. That is the person who saved you and I. And our duty is to reconcile to God. The duty of a minister is to help people to know how they will reconcile to God. A minister that does not do that, he does not hear from God himself. I can tell you, someone say, what's my pedigree, what's my resume? 40 years ago this year the Lord Jesus appeared unto me, I can say that boldly. I proved that over the 40 years because not only 40 years ago he has appeared to me a number of times too. So, sometime here, and the things he told me I told you about nations, about even our country economy, date and time, and they came to pass. I've never heard something from Jesus I told you and I say, oh, the next time I said, Jesus made a mistake. Have you heard me say that? <laughs> no, he had changed his mind. Have you said that? The Bible says this is the testimony of the God who does not change his mind. And I'm telling you that my testimony of him is valid. I'm not telling you only about the Jesus Christ that I was told. I'm telling you about the Jesus Christ that I was told. And I have found him to be so as I was told. The Jesus Christ I have read about. And have studied him. I have visited him. He had visited me. And I have known him that what he says is just what is His word is his bond. I would together now. So... If you say you are a Christian and you do your will, I'm so sorry, ambassadors don't do their will, they go back to the drawing board. If you say you are a Christian and you get to London or you are born in London or you came to London, you know, like some of you, not me, I'm Alfred Williams, you know. I didn't come to London, London came to me. <laughs> <Ain't> it? <laughs> Let me say this to you: whichever way you find yourself in London, either you know in the United Kingdom, I would say, whether your great grandfather was an uh, English and you know your ten great ancestors were uh, from the royal family, you discovered and maybe you came here by boat from Caribbean, or you came here by plane or boat or ship uh, from Africa. Anywhere, any transport that brought you here. Let me tell you something. God was behind it. And he brought us here for a purpose. And the purpose is for the last mandate of God for our nation, United Kingdom. United Kingdom will know Jesus. But they cannot know Jesus through people who don't know him. And therefore, if we are citizens of this country... We represent our government in a foreign country. I'm sure that our behavior, our ethics, our moral shouldn't change. Especially if you are sent to a nation that is bankrupt morally. What distinguishes you as as an ambassador of a holy country is that you don't compromise with the immorality of this degraded country. Am I talking to somebody? You're dressing, which is righteousness or holiness. You're speaking, which is not compromised with the slangs that are depraved. You know, when somebody speaks Queen's English, I I love to, but you know, I don't know what's wrong with my tongue. But whatever the case may be, <laughs> after being a I'm, I'm Theophilus, you know. But I, I mean, my tongue refused to <laughs> conform. <laughs> Hallelujah! You know, my tongue sometimes it speaks Queen's English, some other time it speaks King's English. Really, I went to primary school reading King's English, so. But whatever, whatever the case may be, if you speak Queen's English, all right, in England, we have a notion that you are brought up differently. Am I saying the truth? No, you can't, you can't be brought up in in, in grammar school and you're speaking Queen's English. There's no need for it. It's Cockney who speak there, isn't it? So, so, when you speak Queen's English and we are, we are talking together and you start speaking Queen's English, instantly we expect a type of behavior attached to you. Moral standards, high. But when you come over and you are speaking Cockney or Essex English, there are some things you can do. We say, no wonder. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Isn't it so? Yeah, that's what it is in England. Am I talking to you? Yes, sir. But it's similar to God. When you claim to be a son of God, instantly all brows are raised up. In your office, in your school, anywhere you are, in the community. Once you say that I'm a born again Christian, even if you just say I'm a Christian, there's an expectation attached to you so you cannot behave like a non-christian you cannot dress like a non-christian you cannot speak like a non-christian you know your morality should speak for you all right even when they lose it you must gain it you cannot lose it when they lose it and when they will say after the after all the all the ordeal that oh because you're a christian isn't it isn't it? Isn't it? If you don't behave like them, you don't dress like them, you don't talk like them, you talk differently. Oh, you still maintain moral standard, very high bar of moral standard. They will soon say, "But uh, well, I will know you are like Christian." Isn't it? As a way to excuse their immorality. He happened to me in the office. He happened to me very well in my office. there. So, those who live in glass house don't throw stones to God. The reason why many Christians are powerless is because of this. The reason why many Christians have become a, you know, a prey in the hands of wrong doctrine is just because they don't know how to reconcile with God. They don't know. They don't know that the Bible says you are not citizens of heaven. They don't know that the Bible tells you that you should put a guard in your tongue. Make a covenant with your eyes not to commit adultery or fornication. They know the Bible says that. Anything goes into their mind comes out of their mouth. And they bind them. He says, not them. And then some folks will say you need deliverance. No, you don't need deliverance. You need repentance. If you look at the letter, the, 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 the seven letters to the seven churches when Jesus came after his, his ascension to heaven and appeared in the Isle of Patmos, each time he spoke about the good thing the church is doing, and then he talks about what the church is not doing well, where they have fallen. The end of it, Jesus, I hope Jesus will have recommended deliverance for them. Did he? No, he said, remember the heights which you have fallen. Do the works you have been doing before. It's repentance. If ignorance or disobedience made you to walk away from the ways of God, there's nobody's prayer that can just throw you back into the ways of God. No. So, if you walk, this is the pathway of God, and you decide to walk this way, which is the way of the world, everything you encounter in this way, prayer cannot undo them and throw you back. If I pray for you, you got sick, you can be healed. If you are having some devils uh, afflicting you, we can pray and the devils can leave you. And you can do the same thing, of course, if you know. But what can earn you your position, which is better is for me to say, Hey, stop there. This way you are is of the devil. You know, this is what you are doing, it is article of Satan. You are doing this, it's, it's article of demons. You are doing this, this is article of demons. Now follow me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come back to the way. This is the way now. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. This is the scripture. Then you come back. Every demon that were attacking you here, afflicting you here, the moment you start walking back, they will begin, they will continue to attack you and try to do everything to destroy, but they cannot. The moment you step back in the way, what happens to them? None of them can enter the way of of the Lord. And that way is in your heart. Repentance. Whoever confesses his sins... John tells you, first John, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive. And all affliction, all sorrow, all messing up, you left it for the devil to take. After all, it came from him. He should carry his baggage and get out. That is the way of truth. What about if somebody has affliction and we are having meetings and we speak and then there is a healing? Which, of course, the healing is separating the demon from the man, which you call deliverance. Praise be to God. Jesus, in His examples, if I when I go into that one, you see, has told the one whose sin caused sickness. After healing him, He said, "Go and sin no more." He even said categorically, "If you go back and sin, worst will happen to you." But never will Jesus Christ or have He recommended deliverance for anybody who is born again. I've never seen one. <laughs> I've never seen the apostles pray for one another for deliverance. Do they not need deliverance by the standard of deliverance teaching? I think Paul would be the one that would need the greatest deliverance. Because when they were stoning Stephen, he was there. Stoning him! Stoning him! He was a murderer, and he accepted that. He said that, that's who I was. Who delivered him? Jesus. One encounter with Jesus, 180 degrees turn. Not 360 degrees. And he never looked back. I think this is what you deliverance ministers in court need to teach your people. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Rather than all the gymnastics that makes some people as if they have some powers others don't have. Rubbish. lie of the devil. The church of the living God must be free from it. So, he says there, you must reconcile to God. Don't forget it. You must reconcile to God in your thinking. Reconcile to God in your speech. Reconcile to God in your dressing. Reconcile to God in your appearance. Reconcile to God. I I don't care to please anybody. I dress not to kill. Because if you dress to kill, a murderer. Yes, yes, you are a murderer. So I, I just dress to cover my nakedness. And to look good, two things that dressing is for. Nakedness fully covered. And of course you look fine. Anything different from that is from the devil. Excuse me. It's from the devil. I don't dress to gain attention of anybody but one woman. And even now, I don't even get to gain attention anymore because she has been attention, attentive for 40-something years. I met my wife 50 years ago. She had been atten- attentive. It's now Adamant. Whether I dress or I don't dress, she's attention. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so I have grown out of that to dress, to, dress, to appeal to her. No, I dress. I, she's the one who is even worrying about how I look. I don't worry about how I look because, I mean, Hi, look. What does it matter to you? (laughs) Amen. She's the one who tells me that. Come, come, young man. Your your shirt is folded. I say I don't have I don't have eyes to see it. Okay, okay, do it. And when she does my shirt, my neck and stuff, I never go to the mirror. Because why should I go to the mirror? Somebody had dressed me, and for her alone. And then I leave her. I just go. So when you meet me all the time, he said, Apostle, why do you look like that? I always say to you that my mama make me look like that. Yes. Is that what I always say? Yes, so if you are not happy with it, that's your business. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. Yes. Your mind construct is what I'm talking about. Our heart is to please God in all things. And that's it. Now we can ride on the ladder to further look. Haven't you recognized and understood this? I will repeat this again. I told you on Sunday, three major things you must not forget. God does not count your sins against you anymore. That's number one. Number two, that's when you are born again. He does not count your sin anymore. It does not matter how dirty you are. Before Him... He's wiped it all by the blood. Number two, God made Jesus your sinner friend. And number three, you have become the righteousness of God. As far as God is concerned. Now, can I establish again two reasons why that is so. One, One, that's why you are righteousness of God. Number one, Jesus took my place in sin. And that is 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become The righteousness of God. Are we in agreement? Beautiful. So. The benefit of Jesus taking our place in sin. Is that we become the righteousness of God. That's what we gain. I gave you the scenario last Sunday. Jesus Christ standing between the cross and you. You are standing on the other side with all your sins. And Jesus said, come, come. And you got there. He took your position and dropped you here. So you took his position as the son of God. He took your position as a sinner. He finished the job on the cross. Before you and I was born. So it is a debit card. Huh? You just draw your righteousness by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And there are many more things in that debit card that you can, you can draw. But I love this, and i love to establish it more so that we may have understanding. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that we can become, so exchange, we exchange with him. In the book of John chapter 1, verse 12... The benefit of being righteousness of God is this. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them the right or the power to become children of God or sons of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or or husband's will, but born of God. And that's what I've just said to you. you. He took your place in sin and you took his place in sonship. Am I talking with you? So, when God looks at you, what will he say? This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And he tells devils, listen to him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I love this. If you look at the book of Colossians, also. Colossians tells you something, that... When the word sins is mentioned, did Jesus leave some sins apart from all sins? No. He says, Colossians 2.13, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, including generational sins. I can't understand the, le- the teaching that is contrary, that believes that your father, your forefathers, how many are four? One, two, three, four. That's forefather. There is no fifth father or eighth fathers. Yes, in English, it's only forefathers. Yeah? So, now, the real forefather, which is Abraham, which is Adam and Eve, they sin. And you know how many generations of fathers That came from Adam before your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather. So, if the blood of Jesus forgave the sins of Adam, which is how many fathers? If we calculate our generation to Adam, how many fathers? I think it's about, who knows, 6,000 fathers. Or... one million fathers Okay. <laughs> now listen to me If the blood of Jesus was so powerful that He went back the history to the right roots And took that sin away from you How will he Not be able to take the sin of just Your grandfather or your great grandfather or your? Can you understand To not believe that means I don't know If someone had this and saying that But 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 I don't know what your but is the blood that's so potent that it went several thousands of generations down to forgive the sin Abraham caused you and I to die. And Adam and Eve. I don't want to say Eve because Eve, Eve was the first deceit. But Adam too was a joint contributor. Maybe, maybe, yeah. He loved so much that he just loved to commit sin. He commits a sin with a woman, isn't it? Come on now, are you looking at me like this? Yes, sir. So you can't blame the woman for it, isn't it? If Father Adam has said, "Ah, my wife, why did you do this?" He will have knelt before God, and it is impossible for God not to forgive Mama Eve or Grandma Eve, (laughs) great grandma. (laughs) Yes, because God will always listen to the voice of a righteous man. That is God's jurisprudence. However, Father Adam decided that he chose love of the wife at the expense of obeying the, the father. And so he dragged all of us into this problem. But God is so merciful. He still recognized that Adam and Eve are flesh and blood. You know. And so he now made provision for his son to come. Nevertheless, of course, though he came about four thousand years after. However, the moment he died, his blood went and wipe off all generation blood. Then he went forward and wipe off every to come generation blood. That's why it says that when we were dead in our transgression, he already had all your sins are forgiven, and there is no curse without a root of sin. For the Bible says, like a dirty sparrow that has no net in place, a costless curse shall not be. So why should someone say that you are suffering from generational curses? You are not. Anybody who is born again and has believed that, it's your mind that is that's having problems. Because it's not there. If you take a wrapper that is ripping curse, and you begin to unfold it, when you get to the inside, it's empty. There is no curse inside it anymore. He's a fake rapper. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody! I hope we are understanding this mystery. I have to continue to remind you as I go along in this. That someone said that. What is this man saying? What I'm saying is that my father was a mystic, and my mother was a princess of Baal. The name of my father. In his birth certificate his wizard has come home is that your father's name if your father's name <laughs> if your father's name did not have wizardry behind him you think they just named somebody bible name they named somebody bible name because it means that the family is christian or they came from christian background so when they name my father wizard has come home and he hasn't got oh <laughs> yeah he got alfred too because that is the name given to his father by the slave master and that one was the passed down generation, I'm Alfred, my son is Alfred, when my son give birth to the first boy, I will name him Alfred and if the boy give birth to another son when I'm alive, I will name that would be, that is, so that people can know in generations to come where we came from, that we were involved in slavery, however it has become a gateway for success for us am I talking to you? Oh yes, I will talk to you a lot about that. My name, Alfred T. B. Williams. It 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 um is a shroud that cover my real identity. When we have when we are in school and we just write our names and we are doing exams, so, uh, the moment you see Alfred and Williams is an Englishman. Oh, yeah. If I turn up for business in England, the woman you see Alfred and Williams, is an Englishman. And I've met some people who said to me that, ah, oh, but we thought you were English. I said, well, I'm English. I'm more English than you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. I recognize and I appreciate why God allowed that to happen to my grandfather. Really, that slavery is what turned the fortune of my family around. Completely. Because my grandfather inherited his slave master. His slave master doesn't have a child. He inherited his slave master, including grandmastership. Am I talking to you? And because of the fact that his slave master educated him in the best university in Africa at the time, that is Forabe College in Sierra Leone, he came back to Nigeria as a qualified engineer, and in his days, 1856, 1857, 1860, you know, you don't have engineers in, in, in Abeokuta. So he was an engineer, and he had the protectorate of the British government, all what his father was inherited. it, And through him, all my generation came forth with great privilege from my grandfather, he was extremely wealthy, because of the slave trade that he was involved, he was a slave at the age of six yes, but you think that those things just happened, no, God was behind it because God is a is, a, is, is not a chess player but he's a master player <laughs> in everything that happened in your life now he says, for we know that in all things God is working for who? for the good of those who love him who are according to his purpose Though it may look bad, but God will turn it to good. That's the Jesus that we all believe in. When I got to Barnstable, and I was told about the battle of Barnstable, I said, oh my God, it's not about color. It's about survivorship. Am I talking to you? So according to the scriptures, it says, All sins have been forgiven. Now write this down. God will never count your sins against you. Because all sins have been forgiven. Did the Bible say so? Romans 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Blessed are they, they whose transgressions are forgiven... Whose sins are covered, it cover two dispensation there. A, the, the people of old their sins are covered, but the people of new their sins are forgiven. Am I talking with you? I will end up with that, that explaining that from Ephesians, but keep that in your mind. Then now say verse eight. I will read verse eight together. Blessed is the man. Who sins? Read it again. Blessed is the man who sins, the Lord will never count. Say to somebody beside you, blessed is me. Who sins? The Lord will never count against me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, if the Lord never counts your sins against you, can He count the sins of your forefathers? It's trash. It just does not exist. Tell the somebody beside you you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, concerning sins. Jesus said, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who sins, the Lord will never count against him. I'm talking about Jesus took your place in sin. Tomorrow I will talk about Jesus took your place in curse or curses and we will, we will look at scriptures about that but let me just remain on sin so that you can be very convinced that it is not how you look it is what God had made of you you may look a sinner I too I am a sinner was a sinner but when I cross cross the bloodline the, the garment of sin was destroyed completely that garment of my sin can never be remembered by God that's what the Bible says and I believe it I believe it whatever you are done in the time of ignorance the Bible says God overlooked it but at this time he called all men to salvation that's what God is telling you now forget about what we did before Jesus paid the price he gave us free now he's not telling us no if you know you have done bad before now begin to do good what's the problem I mean is that not reasonable he says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as dark as scarlet, I wash you as white as snow. I wash you as white as snow. How can people not just accept that? I don't understand. After all, tell me a good sin. A better sin. Tell me a sin that makes you happy. No! Or we end up in sorrow and grief. So, get you out from among them. Let us make God proud of us. It's easy. Am I talking to you? Look at. So, if that scripture says that all sins have been taken away, all sins will have been forgiven. Now, let's just try to uh, bring that to an end now. We are talking about sins are no more. Look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 13. To 22 that's a little bit peace I will read it it says but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ did you see that for he himself is our peace that is Jesus is your peace who had made that to one. And you know what the two is talking about? It's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles here now. Because you read from verse 1 to verse 3, it tells you. And that means when we are Gentiles, or those who are Jews, you don't go to heaven because you are Jew now. You go to heaven because you are born again. Because he brought the Jew and the Gentiles together and he formed a new man. Saved. Where the covenant of God is upon the Jews, salvation is not for the Jews. First, it came to the Gentiles. Understand, the scripture says that. For he himself is at peace, who had made the two one, and had destroyed the barrier, that is the dividing wall of hostility. Dividing wall of hostility, Jesus destroyed it. That is interesting. That is all the antagonism and barrier behavior, unfriendliness, opposition between the Jews and and the Gentiles. Alright, Jesus is ready. By abolishing in his flesh, his body, the law with its commandments and regulations. Now, I will use that tomorrow. Jesus abolished the law. Look. Exodus 22, that he quotes concerning, and the God who who punishes the sins of the Father from the fourth generation to the third generation, or the, for, the, for the first to the fourth generation, is an old law. Jesus abolished it. Don't you understand the, the word abolished? Those of you are in law. What mean, sir? Uh, abolished? It means hmm? Obliterated. Yeah, yeah, obliterated. It means that it's been wiped off. You know there are many laws in England that have been abolished. One of them is a law that, that holds us in the in, in European Union. That's the latest one you can understand. In European Union. You know when we decided to jackar <laughs> from European Union. British are the they are the one that, who started the jackpot. Nigeria is doing it. We just said no more European Union, no more European Union, and many of us did not even know about what the European Union involvement is. We just followed. Yeah, yeah, no more EU. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have voted to go out before we recognize where, where we where are we really going. <laughs> oh my King. You know, I wrote papers on that before it came to be. <laughs> I won the, the government then. And one of the things that my paper indicated is what just happened in Ireland now, you know, that we have to compromise, you know, whatever it may be. So, so, we all just left European Union. When we left the European Union, we were still under some laws of European Union. Some EU laws. Because physically you left, but you are still under it. Until our parliament now gathered. And then they first passed a law that adopted all the laws which we signed for into our law. And then excluded the laws we don't want. That is obliteration. That is that is you know old law was abolished. So one of the laws that was abolished is what is called direct effect and indirect effect. Which means, in other words, formally if I have a case against you know anyone or against government in England And I went through the procedural process of High Courts and then Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court decided, and I'm not satisfied, I can apply directly to the EU, ECJ. And ECJ can override what our Supreme Court has said. That was the law. Okay? And they have reversed a number of laws that our Supreme Court erred. When you consider the human rights acts, like the case of a waiter, the British Airways Christian who wore a small cross, and the British Airways said she cannot wear the cross in her uniform, whereas the Sikh can wear their turban, And yet the British always said Though the Sikh wear their turban I think whoever in the uh, Supreme Court at the time Just said that well what happened is that The turban is part of the uh, prescription for their religion And cross is not prescription for our religion And the Christian lawyers went in and investigated And said that's not true There's no way in the religion to tell them to wear that cap And there's no way in the religion that says that Muslims should wear hijab It's not so in Quran and nevertheless, that, that distinction was made, our Supreme Court still ruled that, the, that a waiter has no legal right to wear that cross on her uniform because the employer took the position that he should not be won. Of course, you know, when we got to the ECJ, ECJ said, under direct effect, Applied to the ECJ. ECJ said, Well, sorry, Supreme Court of England says there is a section in the book or in the in uh, Human Rights Act that says you should not deprive a Christian to manifest any religious person to manifest their religion. And so if that Christian and the word manifest religion has no definition, then According to the conscience of whoever is manifesting that religion. So, that, that, that woman, Eweda, should be allowed to wear her small cross. They didn't talk about the hijab or the cap to overrule. And so, Eweda had to wear her cross in British Airways. But that law had been abolished now because we left EU. So, Parliament is sovereign. In England, you don't know what that means. Anything they say <laughs> about you, <laughs> either you like it or not. And I think it's common sense, it's not, it's common not common sense, it's binding. So now, can you imagine now that in Christ with Abanaku, I say to you, I don't want any one of you to wear black shirts. <laughs> I will put it in a law and then you go you sue me to supreme court and supreme court says that way well, if apostle says you shouldn't wear black shirts that is what the organization is don't wear black shirts you got, you don't have any right to apply to <laughs> there is no, no place to appeal anymore apart from the supreme court and I'm sure that the supreme court will support apostle Williams here you know <laughs> I'm using that to help you understand that the law that has been abolished does not exist anymore. So the law of sin and death have been abolished, the law of curses and generational transmission of curses had been abolished. That's what this scripture tells you, and I by Jesus did it by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commands. Regulations, whether well, subsidiaries, all the subsidiary legislation is abolished. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, the old and the new, the old and the new, the Jews and the Gentiles, just making peace. Hallelujah forevermore. You will probably may conclude it. We we'll carry on tomorrow. These three days is for knowledge. So that you can be free. When we pray now, we know what we are praying for. When you are talking to God, you know your position in God. And God is happy that you are really commanding His Word. You are not afraid of anything anymore. That's the reason for illumination and, 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 and knowledge. You can take your stand in the midst of angels. You will not run when angel appears to you. <laughs> some you. Some of you will have run and say, an angel appear. Which, you know, you sing, a praise shining angel. Can you imagine as you are singing it and then you see some shining thing flying in the church. Some of you will run. <laughs> <laughs> or in your home, once you are saying pray, they're shining. <laughs> and then you see them doing like this. And before your eyes, you open your eyes for your prayer. <laughs> what have I seen? What have I seen? Jesus! And they are messengers. And you say, Jesus! And they multiply. Oh! <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now you have the knowledge of who you are. You are co-partners with the angels of the living God. So there is nothing to be afraid. We are all in the constituent of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. (laughs) Hallelujah somebody. With this knowledge you are having. And I'm saying it so that you can defend your knowledge by, uh, with anybody. It doesn't matter what name they bear title on earth. He says, by abolishing in his flesh law and regulations. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. His purpose was to create to himself a new man out of two. Thus making peace. And in, his, and in this one body, which is a new body, to reconcile both of them to God. That is the body of Christ. To reconcile both of us to God. Through the cross. Somebody say the cross. Somebody say the cross. Somebody say the cross. I love it. Therefore, in conclusion, let's stand up together. We read Romans 8, 1 to 4. Therefore, that is what? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. For? Uh-huh <laughs> In order that... Now you know something, this we're going to go on tomorrow, but this I want to know this, that if the Bible says Jesus abolished the law and it went on to say the commands and also um, uh, the, its commands and also regulations, I think tomorrow we'll talk about that because primarily in England the parliament will make a primary law and then they would give it to the council various local councils where they will do their secondary laws. It is by their secondary laws that you and I operate. But it, any secondary law that is contrary to the primary law is a non-law. Are we talking together now? Now you need to know this, that every law in the Old Testament that is against you has been abolished. Amen. By what? The blood of Jesus. So every law of occultism, occultic practices... Which your father has engaged in, your great grandfather, your grandparents, and you too have gone into all those things. The moment you enter into Jesus Christ by confession, at the point of decision that you now accept Christ, all those laws abolished. They cannot follow you into this kingdom of God. I beg you. But there is a law that operates here. It's called the law of spirits. It gives life. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for the law of the spirits that brings life. The law of the spirits of God brings life. Through Christ Jesus. Thank God for your salvation. God for the liberty secradiando Lord, we bless your name for the victory in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the liberty in the blood of Jesus. I want you to hail the blood of Jesus, hail the cross of Calvary. Thank God for Jesus taking your place in sin. Jesus taking your place in sin no more sacrifice for sin the blood of Jesus paid the price there is no more sacrifice for sin he did it all obliterated them to tell Jesus I thank you I'm free 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 free by the blood to proclaim that freedom, demons are running away from you. Powers of hell have been destroyed over you. Exalt the blood of Jesus. I exalt the blood of Jesus. I exalt the cross of Calvary. I exalt the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Britain shall be saved. United Kingdom shall be saved. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that's fixed for you. If you say it from your heart, you enter into what you are saying. If you pray this prayer with your heart, you enter into the blood. And you can receive your healing right now. You can receive deliverance right now. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. You can receive victory right now. Over the powers of hell. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Is the blood that gives me victory? Is the blood that gives you victory? Yay! Let's begin to pray the blood over the United Kingdom. United Kingdom will be saved. It belongs to Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. United Kingdom shall be saved. It belongs to Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. Europe shall be saved. It belongs to Jesus. India shall bow their knees before God. China shall fall down on their knees before Jesus. Pakistan shall lift up the cross of Calvary over their nation. Iran shall bow in the name of Jesus. They will carry the cross of Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord. Saudi Arabia, all the Middle East, they will bow before the cross of Jesus Christ. They shall be saved. In the name of the Lord of hosts, who wants all mankind to be saved? (laughs) We defeat the devil with the blood of Jesus. Every manifestation of Satan, plead the blood against them, plead the blood of Jesus against them. of the devil, we plead the blood of Jesus against you. We command you, Satan, to give way by the blood of the Lamb. Freedom to all saints of God, liberty to all saints of God. Among the Those who are falling, we call them back to life on their feet. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare victory for the fallen in the house of God. We pray for all the saints of God on earth. The blood of Jesus wake you up. The blood of Jesus wake you up. The blood of Jesus wake you up. Break your arm the side. Yes, Lord. Parliament. The blood of Jesus. House of Lords. The blood of Jesus. To the judiciary. From Supreme Court to the lowest court, The blood of Jesus Christ. Every street of London and Birmingham. The blood of Jesus. All the spirits that stop people. We bind you and paralyze you with the blood. All the people that Satan have used to, to stop other people. We turn them kingdom of Satan we set them free by the blood of Jesus right oh yes Lord. Every spirit of hell assigned against each one in this place, we defeat them by the blood of Jesus. We defeat them by the blood of Jesus. Those whose minds have been afflicted, we set their mind free by the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. 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 Rakabronder sarabradianasha the devil had put anything into anybody in their body, we paralyze those things by the blood of Jesus. If you have been injected by the devil on your dream, or you have been afflicted through your dream, set free by the blood of Jesus now. The Bible says that the strangers have been weary. They will run out of their hibernation. Everything the devil has planted in people in their dream. I command Run out in the name of Jesus, Christ. We neutralize your effect. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. Whatever the devil has destroyed in every life, we command them to be rebuilt. In the name of Jesus, the blood give us victory. 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 The blood gives us victory. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Siki Mambro, Yendro, Sebra, Le Grande, Mesha Paradayro, tosi Bracabano, Debai. Hmm, is she great to break it, Amorodiando, sir? Make Coria Masorobon, Yala Mesha brakatale do Monsoroboy. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name.